This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. Yes, it's a great nation and we have great institutions. However, those institutions are in profound disrepute. About three quarters of the American people do not respect the Congress of the United States. Why not? I'll tell you why not. Because right now, coming up to the beginning of August, there's serious conversation about the House of Representatives of the United States taking care of some urgent public business. Public business that uh, honestly should go before anything dealing with inflation or aid to Ukraine in its struggle for survival or the dangers of climate change if you're concerned about that or the fact that uh, we are spending ourselves into oblivion and doing a terrible job of actually paying our bills. Now, all of that is something that this Congress of the United States could do something about, right? So what are they talking about instead? They're talking about expunging past impeachments of President Trump, both of which failed. How many times does it have to fail? Why are they going through this idea? And apparently Kevin McCarthy has made a promise that he will spend time on this about debating again uh, President Trump's, quote, perfect phone call with Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, president of Ukraine, and uh, debating again what is going to be in, in courtrooms across the country, by the way, uh, which is... Trump's role in the January 6th uh, riots. I, I don't say insurrection. They're riots. Okay, this entire thing is insane. And uh, for God's sake, if there is one disease that is giving everybody in the country, I think, a feeling that was expressed by Pamela Paul, which is uh, she wrote a column uh, saying that it feels like we have an oncoming disaster, which is called the election of 2024, and there's just nothing we can do about it. We can't get out of the way. We can't change it. How could we possibly change things? We'll talk about that with a very interesting guy. His name is Brad Thor. He's a New York Times bestselling author 20 times. Uh, he writes books, thrillers, about... Uh, basically writ from the headlines, threats and dangers and uh, adventures that are going on. And uh, he has a new book about a, a rogue group, think Wagner Group, Wagner Group, in uh, going crazy during a war in Ukraine. So we will talk about that with Brad Thor coming up. We'll also talk about Biden's latest uh, budget-busting bonanza and boondoggle which is the new uh, scheme to get around the supreme court and to cancel people's student loan debt it uh, could according to the university of pennsylvania cost the country over 650 billion dollars almost a trillion dollars really uh, we will get to that and we'll get to the uh the extraordinarily disturbing story of a city councilman uh, in now I don't think he's bad because he's a city councilman this seemed to be a public spirited one he he's in Santa Monica California 
and he's gone for a walk. And uh, he sees a homeless guy ripping down signs and then tearing them off and scattering them on the street. And he tells the uh, homeless guy, hey, please don't litter. Put the, throw that stuff away. And what do you think happened next? Well, naturally, the homeless guy attacked him. We'll give you that story and uh, more on the Medved Show, 1-800-955-1776. And, oh, yeah, the – and honestly, I think this is, this is clear now. You may not be enthusiastic about uh, uh, President Trump as a candidate for president again or President Biden as a candidate for president again, but there is one candidate for president who just stands out as – actually making those two look good, both of them, uh, in comparison to Robert F. Kennedy. He uh, was just called to the Congress to uh, give testimony today. And uh, in the midst of that, Robert F. Kennedy literally denied that he ever said things that he said and that are on tape. It is so bizarre. Uh, we will get to that and what the latest polls show about the possibilities of a third-party candidate for president. We will get to that as well on the Medved Show. Uh, 1-800-955-1776. First up, this, this incredibly brain-dead idea. And, you know, I re read something like this, and every paragraph gets me more angry uh, but the uh, lead paragraph says Donald Trump is angry. This is from Politico, uh, their playbook exclusive. And the headline is Inside Kevin McCarthy's Secret Promise. Okay, so what is the secret promise? Donald Trump is angry that the speaker hasn't endorsed his campaign. To placate him, uh, McCarthy secretly vowed to hold a vote to clear Trump's impeachments. Now that promise is coming due. After House Speaker Kevin McCarthy suggested on national television last month that Donald Trump may not be the very best candidate for the GOP in 2024, the former president was furious, of course, and wanted the California Republican to rectify the slight immediately. He needs to endorse me today, Trump fumed to his staff on his way to a campaign event in New Hampshire, according to people who uh, are familiar with what happened. McCarthy, after all, had indicated to Trump's team that he'd endorse Trump eventually. Why not clean up the mess and announce his support now? But the House GOP leader, who felt compelled to stay neutral during the primary so as not to box in his own members, wasn't ready to do that. To calm Trump, uh, McCarthy made him a promise, according to a source close to Trump and familiar with the conversation. The House would vote to expunge the two impeachments against the former president. And as McCarthy would communicate through aides later that same day, they would do so before the August recess. Now that's coming up soon. Can, can we pause for a moment here? There's nothing in the Constitution about expunging impeachments. There's not. <laughs> and the stupidity of it 
is is so unparalleled. Why? Because those impeachments failed. They didn't accomplish anything. They were a dumb waste of time. And yes, people like Congressman Jamie Raskin and Adam Schiff may have won a vote in the House of Representatives to put President Trump's impeachment uh, into the Senate where he could have been removed from office, but he wasn't removed from office. He didn't get impeached. Now, now, what are we going to uh, now expunge the uh, impeachments of Bill Clinton? How stupid would that be? I, I mean, beyond stupid. What is the point? What is this obsession that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people in our politics have, which is refighting the uh the the battles of the past uh, the house gop leader uh we're talking now about again mccarthy uh is concerned because several moderate house republicans are loath to revisit trump's impeachments especially the charges stemming from the january 6 2021 attack on the u.s capitol in fact Though only 10 of their GOP colleagues voted with Democrats to impeach Trump after the January 8th attack, uh, January 6th attack, several more wanted to but were worried about threats to their offices and families to take the plunge. The point is, the Republicans have a margin of four votes. Now, two of those people are people who voted for those impeachments. Okay, we're talking about this uh, story in Politico, which has already caused a big uproar in the Congress. And in fact, Kevin McCarthy denied it. The story in Politico says that uh, uh, Donald Trump was very angry, as you can imagine, when uh, Kevin McCarthy said he wasn't ready to endorse anybody for the presidency. And he said that uh, it, it may be that people look at this and decide that Trump is not the most powerful, potent, uh, likely candidate to win that we could select. In other words, throwing doubt on his support for President Trump's bid for the nomination. And uh, the way that they were able to patch this up was Trump wanted McCarthy to endorse him immediately. McCarthy didn't want to do that because McCarthy, remember, if he ticks off even five uh Republicans and they decide we want to get rid of him as speaker uh, then they could do that uh, <laughs> because they they now have this entire setup that he agreed to as part of his getting elected speaker that a, a mere handful of Republicans could get him knocked out as speaker so he was afraid that if he spent time doing these expungements, as they're called, and going back and then getting the entire country wound up for who knows how many weeks in reconsidering the charges against President Trump that were brought by the Democrats in the two failed impeachments, uh, again, it is madness. It is the last thing the country needs right now and uh, right now Kevin McCarthy the House Speaker said that uh, he he denied 
the report that claimed he promised President Donald Trump that the House will hold a vote before August recess on expunging Trump's past impeachments. There's no deal, but I've been very clear from long before when I voted against impeachments that they put them in for purely political purposes. I support expungement, but there's no deal out there. Uh, Politico reported McCarthy had made a promise to Trump. The symbolic measure is not likely to come to the floor before recess because it lacks enough GOP votes to pass. Yeah, how many Democrats are going to vote for it? None. Uh, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise told reporters, I don't think full membership has chimed in yet on these resolutions and mentioned the fact next week uh, is appropriations uh, bills time. Uh, McCarthy has previously backed the symbolic resolutions which were introduced by top Trump, Trump defenders on Capitol Hill, uh, Representative Elise Stefanik, who is in the leadership, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's in outer space. Uh, and uh, uh, meanwhile, those two were supposed to be the front runners for Trump's running mate, Elise Stefanik of New York. Now, again, I guess it's no problem because she's a New Yorker, Trump's a New Yorker, but Trump can claim that he still lives legally in Florida. I think he's uh, because remember, you cannot have a ticket that has two people on it from the same state. Let me go to your calls to Craig in New Jersey. Craig, I uh, hope you're not getting too warm weather and everything's good. Yeah, actually, pretty, pretty good summer here, you know, uh, wet, but but pretty good. You know, good. Um, go ahead. Uh, um, well, so. Uh, uh, you brought up the Joe Biden, you know, six hundred billion dollar uh, uh, end run for for uh, for for you know for uh, forget that student forget. loans. Yet, yeah, student loans. Yet the Republicans are not focused on that at all. They're focused on Hunter Biden nude pics, uh, bringing RFK Jr. to to, uh, to Congress. To, I mean, to to speak, and then also trying to expunge. Trump's uh, uh, um, impeachment, which makes no sense and doesn't really matter. So, I mean, what do they just want to waste time for the next couple of years? And, no, and I, I, I have no idea. This is, this is frankly, it is, it is nutty. And you would think that uh, again, there would be at least some effort to come together and to talk about. Uh, things that you can do when you control one house of Congress and 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 things that you can do that will make a difference in people's lives. This is what really gets me about this expungement idiocy or, or bringing Robert Kennedy Jr. to Congress to testify on anything. But uh, how does that improve the life of anybody living in the country? How does it do, do anything to deal with fentanyl and drug overdoses and rising crime and homelessness and, and stuff that really impacts people's lives. Uh, I would imagine that with your Democratic governor in New Jersey, uh, there are a bunch of things. Wasn't there an attempt, a serious attempt, and Chris Christie made some progress with it, to get some kind of school choice in New Jersey? That would impact people's uh, yeah. lives, no? Well, in Pennsylvania was the current big one, but New Jersey as as well. There's a huge fight over school choice in the Northeast right now. And what the worst part about it is, 
we've lost so many Republican candidates because of stupidity. I mean, in New- in Pennsylvania, they lost they lost Republican state house because of bringing in Doug Mastriano. And then they get mad when the Democrats block them out of anything like school vouchers or anything good that we could actually get. It's like right, which are about the future. And and this is this is the essential struggle in the Republican Party is to be. uh, Craig, I thank you for your call. (laughs) I agree with you. And I think what you're saying is is spot on, uh, which is Republicans need to talk about America's future, about our present and future. And to refight political battles from the past, like the one thing that is dumber, even dumber than refighting uh, the uh, election of 2020, and uh, is is refighting impeachments that occurred before 2020 and lost. Uh, the uh, House GOP conference chair, Elise Stefanik, this is from Politico, who many believe is angling to be Trump's running mate should he win the nomination, has pushed for an expungement vote. In late June, she teamed up with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on a resolution that would have cleared Trump of the impeachment charges. But in a recent leadership meeting, moderate Republicans pushed back on the idea, arguing that any expungement vote would be poisonous to the re-elections of members in Biden-won districts particularly given that polling suggests most Americans disapprove of Trump's actions on January 6th. In other words, the, the, the one thing with, uh, w- with Trump, if he has this great desire to argue about January 6th and what really happened that day, it looks like he's going to get that chance in court with uh, new uh, federal charges against him coming out of that Washington grand jury. Meanwhile, how do you handle it with all of these different trials when you're on the campaign trail? Uh, We will get to that question and more coming up on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. On the Michael Medved show, uh, there's a new Quinnipiac poll uh, that says that uh, half of voters, 47 percent actually, uh, say that they would consider voting for a third party candidate. And the way this is headlined, half of voters open to third party candidate in troubling sign for Biden. Why is it a troubling sign for Biden? We will get to that on the Michael Medved show. In terms of the Democratic nomination, uh, I mean, the one advantage that Biden has, and it's a typical advantage for a lot of incumbents, is he, if he, uh, uh, barring some kind of health disaster uh, or some kind of uh, really profound bout of illness, uh, Biden is very, very likely to be the Democratic nominee. And uh, part of the reason for that is because he's running against Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, uh, there's a weaponization subcommittee uh, run by Republicans in the House. And 
for reasons that, again, you, you, you ask about, really, what are Republicans trying to do? Uh, they brought on uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to talk about censorship and to talk about some of his past comments, which were idiotic, crazy, uh, weird, uh, to talk about past comments that were just uh, got a very negative reaction. The negative reactions weren't censorship, but uh, they were they were negative reactions to incredibly stupid, stupid things that Robert F. Kennedy has been involved with. Uh, he uh, had a little bit of a confrontation with Debbie Wasserman Schultz, a congresswoman from Florida. Remember her, former Democratic national chair. And remember, this is a Democrat who is running uh, on most issues way to Biden's left. And Robert Kennedy Jr. appeared before this House subcommittee and uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz tried to pin him down on something that he was tape recorded saying. Uh, listen, it sounded like this. Last week, you floated a baseless conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was bioengineered to target Caucasians and black people, but to spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people. Mr. Kennedy, your bizarre, unproven claim echoes that same historic slander of labeling Jews and Chinese people as a race, and that Jews, and in this case Chinese people, somehow managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You do see that, yes or no? You're misstating. No, 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 no. Uh, you I, are... quoted, I quoted what you said earlier, and it, it is directly what you said. So just ask me. Uh, no, yes or no? I, was, I was describing an NIH-funded study. No, 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 you didn't cite any. I was, I was describing an NIH-funded study by Cleveland Clinic We're scientists. my time. You, the time belongs. You are slandering me time incorrectly. The, the time belongs. You're saying is dishonest. Okay, uh, he's denying it. They played, apparently, the, the tape. And I've heard the tape. I've watched the tape. We played it on the air. You heard him say it. Uh, what is the story here? And, uh, uh, of course, uh, Kennedy, who has been uh, in a great deal of trouble for saying incredibly stupid things, uh, he, he said, I want to say this while I'm on the record, that in my entire life and while I'm under oath, in my entire life I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. I've spent my life fighting my professional career, fighting for Israel, for the protection of Israel, uh, Kennedy Jr. said during the House Judiciary Weaponization Subcommittee hearing. And uh, then they put up there directly that uh, uh, last week Kennedy falsely claimed that Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people are most immune to COVID-19. And by the way, there is no NIH paper that says that because it's not true. Uh, I, I know Ashkenazi Jews who have died of COVID. Uh, actually, we had a fairly regular guest at our Sabbath tables who, uh, who died of COVID. And the idea that, uh, uh, that those of us who are Ashkenazi Jews are somehow, uh, because of bioengineering, protected from COVID, uh, there's more. 
Uh, there's a uh, more from uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Listen. In discussing COVID public health measures, you made light of the genocide against Jewish people by saying, and I quote, even Hitler's Germany, you could cross the Alps to Switzerland, you could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. Mr. Kennedy, do you think it was easy for Jewish people to escape systematic slaughter of Nazis, yes or no? Absolutely not. Okay, good. Even in Hitler's <laughs> Germany, you could, you could cross the Alps to Switzerland, you can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. Okay. Uh, do you know what? Do you know how we know that this was not an acceptable comment? His wife said so. He's married to Cheryl Hines, who was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. She plays Larry David's life. Apparently, Larry David introduced the two of them. Uh, I don't know how he feels about any of this right now. But uh, there's also this, a whole other issue. Uh, is uh, homosexuality or uh, tra transgender status uh, caused by chemicals in our water. Uh, this is uh, CNN's K-File, which looked at uh, another baseless Kennedy claim. Listen. Many of which we've documented on the show. You reviewed dozens of his interviews discussing this topic. Tell us about it. Yeah, that's right. He said this repeatedly, that man made chemicals in the water supply are turning kids gay or transgender. He also spread a conspiracy that these chemicals could be responsible for uh, girls becoming more masculine uh, or boys becoming more feminine. Now, we reached out to experts who completely uh, disputed this. Take a listen to just a couple of those comments from Kennedy. I think a lot of the problems we see in kids, and particularly boys, um, it, it's probably underappreciated um, that uh, how much of that is coming from chemical exposures, including a lot of the sexual dysphoria that we're seeing. You can look up. <laughs> you can look up this study. Oh, they took male frogs, gave them atrazine, ten percent of them turned into female and produced fertile eggs, and we're subjecting our children to exposure to that every day. What? Uh-huh. So, we, so we're going to have our uh, male children producing fertile eggs. Uh, look, uh, the the idea that that he is still gathering uh, support and really do the Republicans on that weaponization committee really believe that they are helped by association with um, with Robert Kennedy Jr.? Uh, there's more on the political uh, front, on the political news, and uh, a great deal of polling that shows that the the one biggest threat to Joe Biden's reelection is not Donald Trump's popularity; it's the potential of a Joe Manchin for president run. Uh, we will get to that and to much more coming up on the Medved Show. Are you feeling tired? On the uh, Michael Medved show, Hakeem Jeffries is the uh, Democratic leader in the House of Representatives. And uh, by the way, for people who take Republican control of the House of Representatives for granted, 
Uh, I just looked it up. There are 15 members of the House. Remember, the Republicans have a five-vote majority. But there are 15 Republicans who were elected in districts that uh, carried for Joe Biden. In other words, the people running for Congress on the Republican side were more popular than President Trump. Uh, President Trump lost a lot of districts where the local Republican representative won, which is one of the reasons that the whole idea of making Trump the center of attention is crazy for people who want to get reelected to those districts that carried for uh, for for Joe Biden. Um, at his brother, by the way, when you're talking about uh, not Hakeem Jeffries, well, let's do Hakeem Jeffries first because he does a press conference following in the tradition of Nancy Pelosi, his predecessor. He does a uh, press conference on Thursdays, and uh, he was asked about Robert Francis Kennedy. Hakeem Jeffries is not a supporter. Here's what he had to say about RFK Jr. Listen. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a living, breathing, false flag operation. His whole campaign is being run by right-wing political operatives who have one objective, try to take down President Joe Biden. That's why Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was given a congressional platform on this week of all weeks because my extreme MAGA Republican colleagues are really not interested in doing anything meaningful to improve the economy, address inflation, create jobs, or deal with public safety concerns, particularly around the gun violence epidemic that are afflicting the American people. Okay, uh, of course, he, he throws in a uh, an attack on the Republicans who invited Joe Kennedy, uh, pardon me, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, uh, Jer Jeremy has uh, the idea, the RFK Jr., what does it stand for? Uh, well, it stands for re really effing crazy. Uh, and his brother, uh, Joseph Kennedy II, issued a statement to the Boston Globe. Uh, he said, Bobby's comments are morally and factually wrong. They play on anti-Semitic myths and stoke mistrust of the Chinese. His remarks in no way reflect the, world's, the words and actions of our father, Robert F. Kennedy. No, they don't. And a former representative, Joseph Kennedy III, who is uh, RFK Jr.'s nephew, wrote on Twitter uh, this week, my uncle's comments were hurtful and wrong. I unequivocally condemn what he said. Okay, this is uh, at least bringing Americans together. And see, that's the problem with actually going forward with this expungement idea. Uh, they report in Politico in a recent leadership meeting, moderate Republicans pushed back on the idea, arguing that any expungement vote to expunge the record of an impeachment on, on President Trump would be poisonous to the re-elections uh, of members in Biden-won districts. That's 15 Republican seats. 
particularly given that polling suggests most Americans disapprove of Trump's actions on January 6th. It's also unclear whether an expungement vote even has enough support to pass the House, given the GOP's slim five-seat majority. Two sitting Republicans, Representatives David Valadeo, Republican California, and Dan Newhouse, Republican Washington, voted to impeach Trump the first time. Oh, actually, the second time on impeachment, and they're unlikely to support expungement. Then beyond the skittish moderates who prefer not to take the vote, uh, they write, there's the clutch of constitutionally-minded conservatives who have privately voiced skepticism that the House has no constitutional authority to erase a president's impeachments. It's never been happened before. It's certainly not in the Constitution. And some senior Republicans, even those who back Trump very enthusiastically, worry that an expungement vote would expose divisions in their ranks and only embarrass Trump if the effort comes up for a vote and loses. I'm for Trump all the way, one senior GOP member told Playbook. The problem is, if you have an expungement and it goes to the floor and then it fails, which it probably will, then the media will treat it like it's a third impeachment and it will show disunity among Republican ranks. It's a huge strategic risk. And what would it do for Trump's presidential campaign? In other words, here he is taking up time and effort and energy and passion to try to get his impeachments erased, expunged, taken off the record, and he fails. So now they stay on the record. So this time... He's giving the, the Democrats who lost on those two impeachments the chance to win. It's nuts. Though McCarthy has publicly backed the push, senior Republicans speculate that his words were merely an attempt to uh, carry favor with the former president. I think it's more of a messaging thing to please Trump, one senior GOP seat, uh, uh, senior aide said. And... Uh, the uh, uh, vote, uh, Jack Smith, appears to be ready to criminally charge Trump over his role in the January 6th attack, which was the subject of the second impeachment. We're told that Trump brings up this matter in every call he has with McCarthy, prodding the speaker about when he will bring expungement to the floor. McCarthy, however, has already pushed back the timeline. Perhaps realizing how tough such a vote will be, he recently told Trump's team that the House will vote by the end of September. Great. Who would that help? Help Tim Scott. Maybe help Ron DeSantis. Help uh, Nikki Haley. Some of the other candidates who are running who can't seem to get the uh, traction that they would need. Uh, meanwhile, there is this uh, story about uh, the new poll where it says that 47% say they'd consider voting for a third-party candidate for president, signaling a dissatisfaction with a potential rematch between President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. Doesn't everybody feel that? Uh, the uh, These findings in a Quinnipiac University poll released today could open a lane for any spoiler to impact the election as the group No Labels is actively floating the prospect of a third-party bid. 
No Labels is currently organized as a centrist advocacy group, not a political party, but the group has openly floated the possibility of fielding a candidate as an alternative to two unpopular major party candidates. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, conservative Democrat, appeared at a No Labels event in New Hampshire this week. Uh, Biden isn't facing a serious challenge for the Democratic nomination, and polls show Trump as the clear front runner in the GOP primary. Why would that no labels so clearly uh, damage Biden more than it would Trump? Uh, it's because the percentage of people who are very enthusiastic about Donald Trump, who are very loyal to him, they're not going to be attracted by a third party candidate. And there isn't that kind of loyalty to Joe Biden. And here's this little secret about it, is that when they ask people to identify themselves liberal, moderate, conservative, uh, the Republican Party is overwhelmingly conservative. They're relatively few, about 20 percent, who say they are moderate and who are in the Republican Party. But in the Democratic Party, you have about 40 percent of people who say they're moderate. And it's those people who Republicans have been able to attract in order to win, like George W. Bush did. Uh, that was the essence of it. And uh, the problem is that if you have a, uh, a group like the No Labels group that is trying to run as a moderate ticket, as a middle way ticket, well, obviously that's going to have more appeal to Democrats than it will to Republicans. Uh, coming up, Reason Magazine has an expose. And it's an expose about the new to student loan forgiveness scheme. It has a price tag that uh, may even approach a trillion dollars. How could that be? How could we afford it? We'll talk about that coming up in this greatest nation on God's green earth.